Welcome back, MTN Giants podcast. The Giants enter tonight as the biggest underdog in any NFL game this year, and they were one stinking yard away from winning the game. And to be honest, not to sound like a homer, probably should have been pass interference once again. They got the first pass interference where that was obvious as well, but the play where the game ended, clearly Teron Johnson got a good amount of jersey and arm of Darren Waller, but no call, and the Bills escape with a 14-9 win. So I hope you bet the under, because wow. But um, Buffalo scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. It took them, you know, four quarters to score a point. They actually said on the broadcast, this was the first time the Bills were shut out through three quarters since I think one of the first few games of the 2018 season. So, you know, with Josh Allen playing the way he has in recent years, that Bills offense is always putting up points. So what the Giants offense did, or the Giants defense did in the first three quarters was tremendous. And even in the fourth quarter, I feel like a lot of it was just Josh Allen playing at this superhuman level and making plays that only him and honestly, Pat Mahomes, probably the only guys that make those plays. That one touchdown throw we had to that random tight end, like that is just, nobody makes that throw. There's two guys on the planet that probably make that throw. Maybe three, maybe Herbert, but that's still a maybe. Two guys for sure. So sometimes you got to tip your cap and it is what it is. But the Giants put up a great fight. Defense played their best ball the entire year, no doubt about it. Um, the offense in certain areas looked way more competent. Only three sacks allowed. One of those sacks was Tyrod having the ball just slip out of his hands. So really it was like two. But um, yeah, I mean, it looked better. You know, th this doesn't feel like the worst team in the NFL anymore. Like they showed a fight. How much of that is the spark of adding a new quarterback and, you know, playing with Tyrod? I mean, maybe that's part of it. Maybe they had a great game plan. It seemed like Don Martindale had hell of a defensive game plan in this one. And Josh Allen was fooled for a lot of this game. But Unfortunately, ends in a loss, and the Giants fall to 1-5 on the year. Bills go to 4-2, so a lot to react to in this one. Hope you guys enjoy. Leave a like, and let's get into it. So we'll start with the offense, as we always do. Uh, they got Saquon back tonight, so that was good to see Saquon out there. He didn't look good at all in the first half. And then I think it was the early fourth quarter, maybe third quarter. I forget when this happened, but definitely second half. Saquon ripped off like two massive runs, like two runs for 53 yards. And that was most of his day, but he looked a lot more like the old Saquon in the second half. Um, Passing-wise, I mean, the offense looked better with Tyrod for the most part. He had 200 yards on 36 attempts, 24-36, no touchdowns, no picks. But we did see at least three like deep completions. Now, one of those was taken off the board because of the illegal man downfield which apparently was not a good call anyway because I forget what they said, but I, I do think the referees in most cases will allow some leeway, and it seemed like Evan Neal was maybe like a yard or two downfield or past the line of scrimmage. So, you know, maybe a bit ticky-tacky, whatever you want to say. But still, two deep shots in the first half, um, and they were completed to Slayton, I think, both times. There was the deep shot to Slayton in the fourth quarter in a pivotal spot where he almost made a great catch. I think the defender kind of knocked that ball out. Maybe Slayton didn't catch it, whatever. But still, um, we saw them go deep and be more aggressive offensively, which is way more fun to watch. And that's how you kind of win in this league is having explosive plays. So we did see some positives out there for sure. Early in this game, there was an injury to Josh Zuda. I think it was a toe injury and he just did not come back. So that was pretty early on in the game. 
they actually moved Justin Pugh to left tackle, which the first couple drives where Pugh was at left tackle, it went about as bad as possible. Like he was so late off the ball and he was getting beat to the outside every single time. And, you know, I feel like in the second half, Pugh got more kind of settled in and I don't want to be hard on the guy because he hasn't played this year. Like, it's he hasn't played football since last year. He literally said in the pregame, Justin Pugh, straight off the couch. So, like, he knew this was his first game in a while. But still, I mean, he looked better in the second half. But the offensive line, I mean, it looked a bit better. Um, I think some of that, of course, is Tyrod making quick decisions and getting the ball out fast and knowing where the blitz is coming from. Um, there was that play where Saquon was the hot read on the final drive. He just flipped out that pass to Saquon for a couple yards down the left sideline. Things like that. I, I do have to give Tyrod credit for the offensive line being or looking a bit better tonight. But, you know, overall, I think the offensive line was probably its best in probably since the second half against the Cardinals. Like, they looked good for the most part, but I do think Tyrod being decisive does have a lot to do with that. So the Giants took a 3-0 lead on the Gano 29-yarder. Um, Justin Pugh got beat multiple times by Leonard Floyd and AJ Epinesa. And, you know, that Bills defensive line was going to be a concern coming into this game. They have a lot of great names there, and... Eventually, they were going to make plays. And the thing that really probably lost them this game, which I have not even brought up yet, as we're probably like five minutes into the video, so that's my fault for being bad at this, but um, right before halftime, the Giants have no timeouts left. They're on the Buffalo, I think, two-yard line. So they're right there, 14 seconds left. And apparently, when Tyrod got to the line, he just made a switch to the run play, and Saquon got stuffed at the one. And usually with 14 seconds to go, you should have enough time to get like a spike off and get, you know, your field goal unit on the field. But of course, Buffalo being savvy and kind of doing like the Bush League thing that most teams do, they kind of just sat on the ball and had, you know, refs and players physically lift them off the ground. But they did the smart thing. Like a, a defense is going to do that anytime an offense is in a rush and they have no timeouts left, you're going to see defenses lay on the ground, lay on the ball. That's what Buffalo did. And the Giants ended that drive that got down to Buffalo's one with zero points because time ran out in the first half. So we saw Brian Dable just kind of rip into uh, Tyrod Taylor on the sideline. And Tyrod, as a 13-year veteran, has to know you can't do that. Um, if this was like Madden or something where like, you know, everything was like kind of like a video game, you would have had time to run two plays there. So I don't blame him. But knowing the situation and guys will fall on the ball to waste extra time, you can't do that in that situation. So terrible job by Tyrod there. That's probably like by far the worst thing he did all night. And that ultimately was the difference in the game, because if the Giants were to get that field goal, it would have been, you know, 12 to 14. Instead of going for the Waller shot at the end, they could have just kicked the field goal and won the game 15-14. So a lot of that is like <clears throat> revisionist history, and we'll never know what the butterfly effect would have been if that was a field goal to make it 9 nothing at the end of the first half, but it still came back to bite them in the ass, so I have to bring that up. The offense really did nothing in the third quarter thanks to a 17-play drive, and I think it took over 10 minutes by Buffalo. So the Giants offense in the third quarter did just about nothing. Um, there was a nice third and eight completion to Wondell Robinson. He just caught it, turned up field real quickly, got the first down. And then that was the same, you know, drive where Tyrod had that self fumble. He picked it up, but they lost like five or six yards. And that was pretty much the end of that drive. Um, 
Offense in the fourth quarter, this is when Saquon had the big run. So he opened up with a 20-yard run. Great block by Darren Waller on that play. Then Saquon had the 33-yard run on the very next play. I think Chris Collinsworth said they ran the same exact play twice in a row, and it worked out to perfection. The Giants had the ball on Buffalo's 37-yard line. Then there was that big play. It was a third and inches, and they ran a read option. He fakes it to Saquon or Breda, I forget who it was. Tyrod ran to the right, tried to get the edge on Gregory Rousseau, but Rousseau got there in time. Tyrod was forced to throw the ball away. And it was fourth and inches on Buffalo's 10-yard line. They were down 6-7. to seven, And Brian Dable decides to kick the field goal. Personally, I was not a fan of that. I put that out there on Twitter. I just would have preferred to go for it in that situation because my thinking is that this Buffalo offense is definitely not going to go scoreless the entire fourth quarter. They're going to have a drive where they at least get a field goal and we'll find ourselves down once again. So if it were me in that situation, I would have preferred to go for it on fourth and inches. And it was like legitimate inches. It wasn't like this was a fourth and a long yard. Like it was like just right there. Um, I get Tyrod's not the biggest guy. It's tough to do like that, you know, brotherly shove play where you have all the guys pushing him in the back. But fourth and inches, Tyrod is making, you know, smart decisions all day. I probably would have kept the offense on the field, but it is what it is. And that probably could have lost them the game there as well. So that decision to kick the field goal, the clock management at the end of the first half, those type of things came back to bite them, no doubt about it. On the second to last drive, they had their opportunities to make big plays here. Uh, Darren Waller had that nice catch to make it a, uh, a first down. It was a third and six play. Tyrod noticed it was zoned, threw it right to Darren Waller, picked up the first. And then the graphic came on the screen that the Giants have had zero offensive touchdowns in the past 12 quarters because last week it was a Jason Pinnock defensive touchdown. This was the longest stretch of not scoring an offensive touchdown for the Giants since Eli Manning's rookie year, 2004. So, I mean, that's pretty ugly, obviously. Um, on third down on that drive, they took a deep shot to Hyatt. I think there was no chance of that being completed. It was kind of just like, let's chuck it up and hope for pass interference. And... You know, Hyatt made the veteran play. He fell to the ground and was kind of asking for a call. Didn't get it. Now, on the replay, I saw this from Bobby Skinner, so I want to give him credit, Talking Giants. Um, it was a whip route by Wandale Robinson, and it looked like there was a chance to hit Wandale for a first down. It definitely would not have picked up that many yards, but it would have picked up the first down. So maybe Tyrod was a bit too aggressive on that play. He probably could have just hit Hyatt and extended that drive. But on the fourth down play, fourth and eight, they decide to go to Darius Slayton down the left sideline. And this was a pretty well-thrown ball by Tyrod. And the shitty part is, or the sucky part, sorry, excuse my language. The sucky part is that Tyrod, uh, that Slayton got both feet down in bounds. So this catch would have counted. It did hit Slayton near the chest. The defender had his hands in there as well. I'm not going to call it a drop. It's probably just good defense and a tough ball to catch. So kind of just is what it is. So that fourth and eight goes in complete. The Giants defense, they were able to get another stop. And it kind of reminded me of the Wes Welker play in Super Bowl 46, 2011. Well, really 2012, February of 2012. And Wes Welker, of course, dropped that pass from Tom Brady. It was a little high. You know, you guys know how it went. He, he dropped the pass and it gave the Giants extra life and a chance to come back and win the game. We know Eli hits Manningham and we know the rest. So it kind of reminded me of that of like, okay, so the Bills missed a big opportunity. Allen kind of threw it a bit too low for Dawson Knox and they gave the Giants new life and they came down the field with 
one yard to go, and they couldn't get it. But on that final drive, they converted a big fourth and four to Jalen Hyatt, who made a nice catch with his hands. Um, Tyrod stepped up in the pocket, made a nice throw. He just ripped it in there to him. Tyrod ran out of bounds with two seconds to go. So that kind of gave me a heart attack because he had to beat a defender to the edge. And I'm like, oh my God, if he gets tackled in bounds and also had the um, the blunder before halftime, like Tyrod probably would have been like crapped on the entire week for his horrible clock management and like just, just knowing what's going on in the game and knowing the situation. Luckily, Tyrod got out. So it was pretty obvious. I was about 90% sure that it was going to be a seam route to Darren Waller. You get Darren Waller for situations like this. That's exactly what they do. Waller has a defensive holding against him. And of course, the Giants get the ball on the one yard line. So when this play happened, Tyrod went under center and I didn't like that. I think they were trying to sell that they were going to hand it off to Barkley, which probably would have pissed me off because I feel like Aside from those two runs in the early fourth quarter by Barkley, and I guess there were a couple runs after that, but <clears throat> for the most part, the Bills' run defense was very stout the entire night, which is kind of like weird because that was the one deficiency of this defense heading into this week. We saw what Travis Etienne did to them last week. But Tyrod goes under center. He puts up a pretty nice ball for Darren Waller, a place where the defender couldn't make a play for the most part, and the only thing he could have done was hold on to Darren Waller, which he did. Now, during like this is kind of where home field advantage may matter because I feel like home field advantage is kind of overrated these days. But for a ref in that situation, I feel like a ref is way more likely to throw that flag on the final play at a Giants home game as compared to a game in Buffalo. I could be you know, off with that. Like maybe I'm just being kind of dramatic about it, but I do feel if this game was at MetLife, you may get that call as compared to being in Buffalo where, you know, you have those crazy fans and you're going to get booed like crazy. You're probably not going to throw that flag in that situation. So we saw this last year. I can't really use that example because the Giants were on the road that game, but we saw this last year with uh, Darnay Holmes, and I forget if it was Terry McLaurin. The game against Washington last year in Washington, there was a clear you know, pass interference. It wasn't called, but it was a road game, so my narrative doesn't fit there. But you guys know what I mean. I feel like if you're a ref, it's human emotion. Like You want, you don't want to throw a flag in that situation if you think it's a little too like, you know, iffy. And when you go back and watch the replay, yes, there was defensive holding. There was jersey tugging. You heard the broadcast, Chris Collinsworth said that when these refs see a jersey pull, you're supposed to call pass interference. But unfortunately, in that situation, it was not called, and the Giants go home as losers. So, you know, it is what I don't want to say they're losers. They played their hearts out tonight. Like, I can't be that mad about it. You were damn near, you know, 16 point underdogs. So they played really well, but just a lot of missed opportunities and beating themselves. If you're a fan that is an advocate to tank, this was probably the perfect game for you. You know, it was exciting. It came down to the wire. The Giants still lost, but I found myself in the end wanting to win that game. Now, I'm a person that, like, I'm a big picture guy. I don't mind tanking when it's necessary, but I even found myself, like, really wanting to win that game at the end, but unfortunately, that's just not how it went. So now, we'll touch on the defensive side of the ball, where they were amazing the entire day, basically. First off, gotta give a shout-out to our biggest offseason signing, and that was Bobby Okereke. He was tremendous tonight. He had eight solo tackles, three assists. 
He caused two turnovers. He had the forced fumble on um, on Gabe Davis in the first quarter. He also had the interception that was tipped up, and Micah McFadden was right there to be on the uh, receiving end of that. So Okereke was worth every single penny tonight. And even last week, he caused two turnovers in the uh, Dolphins game. He was the guy that I think caused the pick six. He also got an interception on Tua last week. So, like, this man basically has four turnovers in the past two weeks. I mean, that's what what else can you ask for from your, uh, you know, best linebacker? And honestly, yeah, he's probably the best Giants linebacker in a very long time, probably since that half a year that John Beeson was playing at a very high level back in, like, 2013, whenever the hell that was. So, yeah, Okereke probably would have been the player of the game if the Giants won, but unfortunately... You know, most of the time a uh, winning team will get that player. It's probably Stephon Diggs. But Okereke was phenomenal tonight. Got to give him a shout out there. I was impressed by Cordell Flott for the most part. I do think he may have been hurt at the end. I'm pretty sure I saw that. So hopefully he's fine. But I feel like in the first half especially, he played really well. He was in coverage on that deep ball to Gabe Davis on the first Bills drive. And they tangled their feet. So I give him credit for sticking, uh, you know, keeping up with him. And there was another play where Cordell Flott made a tackle on Diggs in the open field. So, you know, Cordell Flott is a very skinny guy, but I feel like he's been making some really good tackles this year. He's been making some good open field tackles, which a lot of times, a lot of times for like a skinny corner, not much meat on his bones, that's going to be like the knock on a guy like that is like, oh, can he tackle? But it seems like so far Cordell Flott's having no problems with that. Deontay Banks in the second quarter made a very like savvy veteran play on Stephon Diggs. Josh Allen rolled out through a deep ball. And I feel like most corners probably hold in that situation. Deontay Banks just trusted his instincts, didn't hold. The pass fell incomplete, so Deontay Banks made some nice plays. Dexter Lawrence had a couple of nice pressures. Um, there was the one play where he had the pressure, and Okereke had the roughing the passer, which, oh my God, don't get me started on that. Like, that was horrible. I mean, if that's roughing the passer, you probably just might as well put two flags on the quarterback and just take the flags off of them and just play flag football because that's that's ridiculous. I understand protecting the quarterbacks. Josh Allen is a guy who will draw plenty of attention, jersey sales, dollars. I get all that. But Okereke literally just hit him in the arm and pushed him over. Like, there was nothing that was, you know, quote-unquote roughing in that situation. Just a terrible call. Gave them a first down. I think Allen left the game for, like, two or three plays. And the other Allen came in. Is it Kyle Allen, the former uh, Washington Commanders dude or football team at the time? So that guy came in for a couple plays. But just an awful call, in my opinion. Okereke had another big pass breakup. It probably would have saved, like, a... 20-ish yard catch and a first down from Stephon Diggs. I believe that fell incomplete. Okereke also had that big run stop on third and one. I do think it was a first down in the end, but a really good run stop on Damian Harris, who unfortunately did get hurt on that play. I have not heard anything yet, but I hope he's okay because that stuff is scary, of course, leaving on a stretcher. Um, third quarter defense, I mean, there was the big drive by the Bills. I mentioned that before, the 17-play drive. Kayvon Thibodeau just missed a sack on one of the first plays of that drive that probably would have made it like a second and 20. And that's why they say it's a game of inches. Every play can change the outcome of a game. Because let's say Kayvon gets that sack and it makes it a second and 20 
we'll assume that, okay, maybe the Bills are forced to punt, and that takes away the entire 17-play drive. And Kayvon even almost had another sack on Allen, but Allen was able to avoid that and run for about five yards. So Kayvon was beating his guy to the edge, but couldn't get home, so that was unfortunate. The first play, he definitely should have got him. I feel like Kayvon had a just a clear, a clear shot on Josh Allen. He's so elusive. He's so good in the pocket, maneuvering. Um you know, pass rushers, and he's one of the best at it, but Kayvon was right there. Wish he was able to get that tackle. There was that play where the Giants brought pressure. I think Isaiah Simmons got close to a sack, but Allen made that crazy throw to Diggs where it looked like he threw it 100 miles per hour right in Diggs' chest, and he made a great catch in traffic. Um, then, there, then there was the big brawl that just happened out of nowhere. I don't know what the hell happened this play. It seemed like, was it Ed Oliver? I forget who it was now. Okay, I just wanted to get the names right. So it was basically Kayvon Thibodeau against Deion Dawkins at first, and then it was like Spencer Brown versus Dexter Lawrence slash Leonard Williams. It was a whole big thing. I believe five personal fouls were giving out on that play um, to all those guys. And it was weird. Kayvon was on his back and just kicking his legs at Deion Dawkins. Like, it was a weird situation. It was kind of like an MMA fight or something, but... Um, You know, it was nice to see some fight from those guys. Like, the Giants definitely came into this game motivated. I think on the very first kickoff, there was like a, you know, a brawl. Not like a whole brawl, but like, you know, some guys getting into like a skirmish. So, you know, they they showed fight the entire night. I I do like seeing that stuff. And I did tweet that, like, if you're going to get a bunch of personal fouls, you may as well do it when you're, uh, you know, the opponent's five yards away from scoring because, like, how far can they really move up the ball? And... Once there's offsetting penalties anyway, it doesn't matter. So you just got to watch out and make sure you don't get a second one because then you'll be ejected from the game, but nobody got ejected. So that was good to see. So I did like to see the fight from the Giants in this game, but of course it ends with the Deontay Hardy. I thought it was Deontay Harris. I think he changed his name, but um, made it a 6-7 Bills lead. Now the Bills defensive or the Bills offensive drive in the fourth quarter where it led to that touchdown by Quentin Morris, who had his first target of the entire season in that, uh, on that touchdown catch, so that was pretty cool for him. But on that drive, Josh Allen made so many superhuman-level plays. I mean, there was the third and seven where he's just, like, dodging a bunch of pass rushers. He runs to the right, picks up a first down. There was defensive holding anyway on the Dory Jackson, so it would not have mattered, but still, like, that's what Josh Allen did there was crazy. Then there was the play where Allen gets away from the Micah McFadden blitz. He hits digs over the middle. Allen was rolling to the right, kind of threw back towards the middle, which you're not supposed to do, but a guy like Allen can do that, and they hit Diggs for a first down. There was a third and two, and this play kind of pissed me off. It kind of reminded me of uh, James Betcher, the old Giants defensive coordinator back from 2018, the guy that came over from the Cardinals. And he would always piss me off because it'd be like a third and two, and he would play his guys like 10 yards off. And that kind of reminded me of this situation where I get you don't want to get beat deep, with Stephon Diggs, but you had Micah McFadden and Adoree Jackson playing zone, and they were like seven, eight yards off, and it was like a third and two. And obviously, all Josh Allen did was just pitch and catch right to Stephon Diggs for an easy curl on a first down. Um, then there was the Quentin Morris first down, his first target of the year, and Allen made a dangerous throw. Like, I thought for a second it might have been picked off, but somehow, some way, Allen was able to thread the needle. 
And I remember Chris Collinsworth saying it was kind of like a uh, bank where you put you know, like your money in that machine in that tube and it goes right through. It was kind of like that. Like Josh Allen just throws this incredible pass that gets through traffic and um, between two Giants defenders, a good, a good catch there by Quinton Morris. And as I mentioned, I think only Patrick Mahomes and maybe Herbert make that throw. So that's kind of the bad part about playing an elite quarterback. The Giants defense did need a three and out on the final Bills drive, and they got it. I mentioned that before, how the first two plays were runs to Latavius Murray, and they went for like one or two yards, and it forced them into a third and medium slash third and long, and they had Dawson Knox open. I remember it was a play in the shotgun where Allen kind of faked it, rolled out to his right, and Dawson Knox was there about 12, 15 yards downfield, and it just for some reason Allen just threw it a bit short and it hit him in the foot or hit him towards his feet and Knox could not come up with it. So the Giants were given an extra shot and, you know, um, right after that drop actually by Dawson Knox, there was another missed field goal by, uh, almost said Brandon Bass. My God, I'm thinking of like the 2010 Boston Celtics. Tyler Bass uh, missed a, a field goal. He missed two field goals from 53 yards in that game. So that's kind of weird. Both were wide right, which I'm sure a lot of Bills fans don't want to be reminded of. I mean, I was... I don't even think I was born when that happened yet, but anyway, um, overall, like just a really strong effort from the Giants defense. Josh Allen only had 169 passing yards, had the interception. Um, Giants run defense was okay-ish. I mean, James Cook picked up some big runs, 14 carries for 71 yards. Latavius Murray, who's 33 and still playing good football, I remember him back with the Oakland Raiders back in like 2014, 2015. So that man's still playing well at 33. He had 12 carries for 45 yards. He ripped off some nice runs in this game. Damian Harris had the one carry, unfortunately. Stephon Diggs was basically hyper-targeted the entire game. 10 catches for 100 yards. Um, no touchdown, of course. But, you know, the defense did about all you can ask for. I mean, really, if you told me before the game that the Giants defense was going to hold Josh Allen and the Bills to 14 freaking points, I would have said, you're lying. Because in most cases, when the Giants play a team like this, especially in primetime, because you know how bad the Giants look in primetime, in most cases, I would have said, yeah, the Bills are probably scoring like 31, 35 tonight on us, but they somehow held them to 14 and, and zero points through the first three quarters. So honestly, like I'm impressed and I was happy with what I saw for the most part, just unfortunate that the great defensive effort did not result in a win. I guess I'll touch on this now because I'm sure this will be a debate in the comments and probably throughout New York sports radio and whatnot, but will there be a, uh, you know, will there be a segment of the fan base that wants Tyrod Taylor to start next week against the uh, Commanders? Now, personally, I, it doesn't matter to me because I feel like the season's over anyway. You're 1-5, so, like, at that point you may as well play the guy making the most money, which is obviously Daniel Jones, and he's much younger. But I will say I enjoyed watching Tyrod play. Like I genuinely enjoyed watching Tyrod take deep shots and avoid sacks that Daniel Jones would normally take. It just felt like the offense was more competent, and I trusted Tyrod more than I would a guy like Daniel Jones. Because, you know, we've seen Jones in primetime. It, it, it's not fun. Like It's some of the worst football you'll ever watch. And... You know, the Bills obviously had some defensive injuries in this game, but, I mean, look at the Giants and the offensive line they had out there tonight. It was horrible. Like, Justin Pugh was your left tackle. He was on the couch, like, two weeks ago. So, you know, I think given the situation, I think Tyrod played all right, and I feel like the Giants weren't even being that aggressive. I feel like their, their game plan, for the most part, 
was to keep it conservative and don't turn the ball over. So this was Tyrod without even letting him, you know, not letting him loose. So I feel like he played okay. And, you know, Saquon Barkley had 93 rushing yards on 24 carries. God, I did not realize it was that many. But, you know, Darius Slayton had a couple of nice long catches. And um, Jalen Hyatt would have had a long catch if it wasn't for that stupid uh, illegal man downfield. So, you know, maybe you guys will agree, maybe you won't, but I think the offense was more enjoyable to watch tonight, personally. Tyrod was able to call some audibles, and of course, the one before halftime was not the right one, but, you know, for the most part, he was doing the right thing. He knew when it was zone, when it was man, and where to take the shots, and, you know, I just feel like he was just looked way more experienced and he looked like a guy who had been in this offense for years it was technically his first giant start ever he's been called upon in like mop-up duties and garbage time in the past but this was his first start as the Giants quarterback so we'll see how Jones's neck heals and if he's back against Washington next week um I don't know what I want personally because as I said I enjoyed watching Tyrod Taylor but I also think the optics of paying a quarterback as much as Daniel Jones and like just choosing to bench him is also ridiculous so as much as I hated the Daniel Jones contract, you can't give up on him after, uh, you know, five games. So, you know, I think we have our answer. We probably know he's not the guy like, you know, two three years from now. He'll probably be back here next year. But still, you don't pay a guy that much just to bench him. So we'll see what they decide to do. It was nice to see, though, because you always hear from, like, the Daniel Jones fans, the Daniel Jones truthers that, oh, no quarterback can throw the ball deep in this offense. No quarterback can succeed in this offense. Like, listen, I saw Tyrod get away from sacks tonight, read defenses, take a few deep shots. Like it, it was there. All right. Obviously they put up nine points. It wasn't some like elite offensive outing, but the giants realistically probably should have scored like at least, at least 15, you know, basically run the one yard line twice. Um, you know, it could have been somewhere in the twenties. Like they could have had a nice offensive game today, just didn't execute when it mattered most. And some of that was the non-call on the Darren Waller pass interference play. But still, I thought Tyrod proved tonight that you can operate in this offense. It's not as bad as a lot of the Daniel Jones truthers want to make it out to be. Like, the Giants only took three sacks tonight. And what were the sack totals the past few games? Like, 12, 8, 7. Like, it's just it's crazy. So, they only took three sacks tonight, and as I mentioned, one of those was the play where Tyrod had the ball just fall out of his hand. So it really was like two sacks. So he was able to get away from pressure. The offense looked a bit more fluent. And as I said, though, you can't, you just can't bench Jones. You just can't do it. You paid him the contract. I feel like when he's healthy, he's going to play, but we'll see what happens when he gets back out there. They're showing that play again, the final play. I, I still don't know how it wasn't called. Once again, I think it has a lot to do with being in Buffalo and all that, but still, I feel like that's just a clear pass interference that was missed, so that sucks to see. It also sucks because, you know, in a way, they beat themselves. Like, you you can blame the refs all you want, but I mentioned there was the fourth and inches play on the Buffalo 10 where, um, you know, they, they could have went for it and got a touchdown instead of a field goal. That could have won you the game right there. Um, obviously, the blunder before halftime when Tyrod switched to the run play and they, um, you know, went to halftime getting zero points there. I'm going to play a clip of Chris Collinsworth breaking down that final play. hope you guys can hear it, but let's, let's try and do it. Let's see. A subtle thing that is very difficult, but there's no question in my mind that that impacted his ability to try to make that catch. Correct. And, and that's perfectly reasonable, Chris. You know, in, in, in your opinion, that does significantly hinder a receiver. I think it does as well as we look at it over. He can't get that hand up. 
So, so it does become a foul for defensive pass interference at that point. The official obviously in real time didn't believe it significantly hindered him and didn't make the call. Yeah, I don't buy that. I mean, maybe the ref didn't have the best angle. I'm going to try and look at that, like where the ref was placed, because a lot of that matters as well. Let's see. He was right under the goalpost. I mean, that's a perfect angle. I mean, like, you couldn't have asked for a better angle. He he must have seen it. I, I don't know. I think he just decided not to throw it. But whatever. I mean, it, it just sucks. Like, this would have pissed me off way more if the Giants were, like, competitive and fighting for a playoff spot. But based on how bad this team has looked this year, it's like, you know. Dable said he thought it was a good play call by Mike, Mike Kafka, on that final play. Tyrod said he thought he would have had time to spike the ball, which is kind of what I was saying before, and he regrets doing that, of course. But, yeah, as I said, like, if this was, like, freaking Madden or something, like, you probably have enough time. But in a situation where defenders lay on the ball, it's not going to happen. So, yeah, crappy end, but one of the more exciting Giants games in a while. You know, even, like, the Arizona game was exciting, but it was it was the Cardinals, like, whatever. Like, when you're this close to beating a Super Bowl contender on the road with, like, so many guys out, I mean, that's, it's great to see. So, it's unfortunate they didn't get it done, but as I said, if you're a proponent of tanking this year, then you probably got your wish. And as I said, this game taught us that you can take deep shots in this offense. You know, you can move the ball. So, I don't want to hear excuses when number eight comes back. I want to see that same aggressiveness and you know Tyrod as I said wasn't perfect tonight he had a very costly mistake before halftime um he did miss a couple throws not not any big throws but like a couple throws where he probably should have hit his guy but you know there are plays to be made out there obviously so we'll see if DJ can do that when he comes back if he comes back I think he'll be back I don't know if it's next week or whenever, but I don't think this is, like, serious, serious. Like, it, obviously, a neck injury sucks, and that is something to not take lightly. But, you know, the Giants are not the most transparent when it comes to uh, injuries, but they keep saying it's not a big deal. So I'm, I'm expecting Jones to be out there, whether it's next week, the week after. Like, I do think eventually Jones will play, and hopefully the aggressiveness can stick with this offense. So anyway, that'll do it. Hope you all enjoyed. Uh, tomorrow, we'll be reacting to week number six in the NFL. Some exciting games today, man. Like, the, the Niners almost lost. They Actually, they did lose, right? Yeah, they lost. Damn, yeah, the Niners lost to, uh, to P.J. Walker. Jeez. Um, the Jets beat the Eagles. So, some exciting stuff that happened out there. I had some... Bad beats with spreads, too. What happened with one of these spreads that pissed me off very much? Oh, Mac Jones took a safety. <laughs> that lost me the New England spread plus three. And even Devontae Parker dropped a, a well-placed ball by Mac Jones as well. I took Giants plus 15. So, hey, that's a big brain play by me right there. <laughs> also, Seattle plus three. They lost by four. So, that sucks. But anyway, yeah. We'll talk about all that tomorrow. Hopefully, you stay tuned. Hope you guys enjoyed this video, podcast. And I'll talk to you guys next time.